Welcome and thanks for tuning in to Real People, Real Talk. Relevant conversations that take you from surviving to thriving. This is the podcast that goes there. My name is Paul Calco and I'm your host. Now let's talk. Well, happy November and thank you so much for tuning in today. And here's why you should listen. We're talking all things leadership, influence and personal development. Remember that the goal of Real People, Real Talk, the podcast, is to encourage you and empower you to be all that God has called you to be and for you to thrive in every area of your life. Hashtag goals. But before we get started, please allow me to read a review. Mrs. FDB said, this podcast has revolutionized my life and the life of so many of my friends and followers. Agenda items are really relevant and to real life, and the conversations are so transparent. It leaves you with the ammunition to tackle life's journey and positively affect someone else's life. If you need motivation, inspiration, or powerful information, this is the podcast that will take you there. Wow. Thank you so much, Mrs. FDB, for that awesome and encouraging review. So my guest today is Dr. Stephen Trammell, who I call Pastor Trammell. He is a global executive pastor at Champion Forest Baptist Church, where I serve as a college and young adult pastor that I allude to on here from time to time. Pastor Trammell graduated from Louisiana College, as well as New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary. I went there, too. And so he has been in the ministry and in leadership um, as he surrendered to the call of ministry at the age of 16. So going on 35 years. But most importantly, he is a husband and a father that truly loves God and truly loves people. Welcome to the show, Dr. Trammell. Paul, it is such an honor to be with you and just so appreciate you and Ariel and your ministry at Champion Force Baptist Church and beyond. What a joy to be with you. Thank you so much. Um, as I talk with my college students, I also mentioned on the podcast, I feel like I'm living the dream and I really love what I do. And so uh, give my listener just kind of a snapshot of like, like how are things going in your world um, right now? Well, in agreement with everyone that all of us are going through this together, we're all navigating the COVID season, as you know, and we need God's grace for every step of this race. But I've been at Champion Forest for 13 and a half years. It's been an incredible ride seeing God at work and joining God in his activity. And then Tanya and I will be celebrating our 30th wedding anniversary coming up on January 5th. So that's a spiritual marker we're looking forward to. Our daughter, Tori, is teaching first grade at Klein ISD. We're so proud of her. And our son, Austin, is a senior at Rice University, plays football there. And uh, we are looking forward to his game coming up this weekend. And then Austin and his fiance Katie, will be getting married on January 3rd. So I'll have the privilege of officiating their wedding coming up. So as you can tell, I feel so blessed as a husband, as a father, and as a pastor. That is that is amazing. There's so many good things going on. So thank you for just kind of giving us this snapshot. And as as we get into it, man, uh, the topic of today, what I want to know, like, what is leadership and why does it even matter? Like, we're going to devote this whole episode and conversation to leadership. But why? What is it? Well, I like to use John Maxwell's leadership definition where he says leadership is influence. Nothing more nothing less. I love that concept of leadership. And the word I do like to add to the word leadership is leadership is influence with integrity. I think integrity matters. And I love this definition of integrity. When the tongue in your mouth lines up with the tongue in your shoe. 
That's, good. That's integrity. So leadership matters, Paul, because God wants us to maximize our one and only life. Leadership matters because our influence will draw people to Christ or repel people from Christ. Leadership matters because God wants us to be world changers, difference makers, and grace dispensers. And the reality is leadership matters because eternity is at stake. That is, I love that how you immediately took this conversation vertical as our leadership and our our maximizing this one life that we live uh, matters so much. And so to the listener that desires to become a better leader, what are some steps that a person can take to become a better leader, whether that's through the books that you read or the podcast that you listen to or any other things that you do to continue to develop your leadership? I think one of the most important things you can do uh, to become a better leader, uh, number one, tell your energy where to go. I used to say, tell your time where to go. But the reality is we all have 24 hours in each day in order to do God's will, which is more than sufficient to do God's will. But I've changed it to tell your energy where to go because we have limited energy and different phases of life generate different levels of energy. So tell your energy where to go. And what I do is I allocate my energy for each hour of the day and you tell your energy where to go. Here's how I'm going to allocate my energy. Here's what I believe God wants me to accomplish today. And you allocate the energy to accomplish those tasks. And then, of course, you always want to evaluate what you allocate to see, am I really allocating my energy wisely? Am I making the best use of what God has given me? And then, of course, allow for interruptions because life truly does happen. So be interruptible. Tell your time and energy where to go. And I'd say another important ingredient to becoming a better leader is read intentionally. You know, every leader is a reader, but not every reader is a leader. That's good. Heard that many times. And I always have four books going at any given time. Uh, right now, the latest book I've added to my Kindle library, plus I've purchased this actual hardcover book for our upper level staff at Champion Forest called Better Decisions, Fewer Regrets by Andy Stanley. His latest book is fantastic. So I'm devouring that book. Also, I'm reading The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. I'm also uh, reading The Vision Driven Leader by Michael Hyatt. He's one of my favorite authors and leaders. And then a new book I just downloaded that I haven't even started yet, but it's queued up for me to start reading. And that is The Church Called Tove by Scott McKnight. And some other books I would recommend to help you grow in your leadership. Uh, One of my favorites of all time, Leading on Empty by Wayne Cadero. Uh, love the book Leadership by John Maxwell. Okay. Uh, another wonderful book by John Maxwell. Everyone communicates, few connect. Love that mm-hmm. book. And then Spiritual Leadership by Henry Blackaby. Uh, one of my favorite Andy Stanley books from way back. It used to be called Choosing to Cheat. Now it's called When Work and Family Collide. I've read it four times, and it's a tremendous book. And then a wonderful book on the Sabbath called The Rest of God, Restoring Your Soul by Restoring the Sabbath. And that's Mark Buchanan. And then a great leadership book, one of the greatest of all times, of course, is by Jim Collins, Good to Great. So read intentionally. 
You want to always be reading and feeding your soul and growing as a leader. Then on a personal level, invite mentors to invest in your life. Invite them into your journey and learn from them. And there are four people you need in your life. You need a Jethro. That's a person who will speak the truth and love to you. The person who's willing to look at your life at a close level and say, what you are doing is not good. So you need a Jethro. You need a Paul in your life. Someone who's further down the road, who is brighter, faster, smarter, uh, has more wisdom, who has more life and leadership. You need a Paul who's investing in you. And then, of course, you need a Timothy, someone you're investing in, someone that you are choosing to pour into. And then everybody needs a Barnabas, someone who will draw out the best in you, someone who will celebrate you, cheer you on, someone who will splash living water in your life. And then, Paul, to become a better leader, something I really focus in on is when I'm talking with people, when I'm in a group setting. Or if decisions are being made, I really dial in on how people think. So pay attention to how people think. Be a student of how people process information and how they make decisions. And then, of course, we're so blessed, as you're demonstrating here today, to have podcasts. So you can grow in your leadership by listening to podcasts that stretch you, that challenge you, and that inspire you. And I want to give you a few of my favorites. You may want to put this in your show notes. Definitely. Uh, Carrie, Carrie Newhoff, his leadership podcast is my favorite. Andy Stanley's leadership podcast, Craig Rochelle's leadership podcast, John Maxwell, get everything you can from John Maxwell. Uh, a new one that I was introduced to last week uh, is Steve Carter. He used to be the teaching pastor at Willow Creek Community Church in Chicago. Steve Carter has a podcast called Craft and character, where he interviews seasoned pastors to learn how they craft a message and the value of how they maintain character. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, Michael Hyatt, I mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. uh, his podcast is fantastic. And then I like to listen to the Wall Street Journal Minute Briefing. It's three okay. times a day just to give you an update of what's going on in our nation and globally and economics and uh, just a great one minute briefing on here's how things are going in our nation, in the world. And that's uh, three times a day, that one minute briefing. So those are just some quick steps of what you can incorporate in your journey to become a better leader. I love all of that. I feel like we we gave a lot of good. You just gave a lot of um, great content and information to become a better leader. And so to the listener, don't worry, uh, with all these wonderful resources, I'm going to include that in um, the show notes and the podcast that he um, mentioned are ones that I now listen to after having conversations with um, Pastor Trammell. And so um, all that was just so good. And I don't think I will add to that. And I believe you would attest to, I feel like in order to be a great leader, you must be a great follower, which you already spoke to then. And that's just the importance of mentorship, but more specifically, um, in Christian leadership, we need to be great followers of Christ so we can lead others, um, well and lead others to Christ. And so before we go on to the next course, I got to say this on a personal note, I've been serving with Pastor Trammell for, for four years and I can tell you, and this is probably this is probably on this to do list later in the future. But he literally could write a book on leadership, so that's why when I thought of leadership, he was the first person um, that came to mind. And so, Pastor Trammell, like how do how do goals help 
help you to become like a, a better leader? You mentioned all those ways of uh, the steps of becoming a better leader, but how do goals specifically help somebody become a better leader? Well, goals are important because goals are a target. It's placing something out in front of you that you want to aim toward. And so goals are wonderful. So here's here's two goals I have, very specific. And I want to orient my life around these two goals. And the first is I want to finish strong. That means I want to end well. I want to finish strong. And so that's going to inform the decisions I make. That's going to inform my lifestyle and my choices. And then the second goal is I want with Tanya, I want us to finish together. Mm, That's good. So I want to finish strong. I want to be able to say to my daughter and son one day, look them in the eyes on my deathbed and say, I've been faithful to your mom. And then I want Tanya and I to finish together. That is do life together in a meaningful, healthy way over a long period of time, committed to finishing together. So those are goals related to how I want to finish. And that informs my daily decisions. So here's what helps me when I think about goals. You are in the process of becoming who you are in Christ. That's a John MacArthur quote. You're in the process of becoming who you are in Christ. So I want to make sure that in my daily process, I'm becoming more and more like Jesus. Amen. And so, you know, you can have financial goals. You can have goals related to your health. You can have goals related to practicing solitude, practicing Sabbath. You can have goals related to learning Spanish as a second language. Uh, There's so many goals that you can embrace in your journey to help you become a better leader. Yeah. So please, to the listeners, set some goals. As Pastor Trauma said, goals give you a a target. And so some of my goals that I have are, you know, different books to read and different conversations to have to help me grow so I can become a better leader. And I love that. I believe um, Stephen Covey said said the same thing. Just begin with the end in mind. And as you can see from Pastor Trammell's response, like leadership and influence goes beyond like church and organization and business, but like in a family and in marriage. So if we listen to this and say, well, I don't, you know, lead a, a, a team. I don't lead a church. Well, lead um, in your relationships and you can lead and influence well in, in social media. So thank you so much for speaking to that. And really, Dr. Trammell, from, from history, we see that they, there were good leaders and there were bad leaders. What does leading and influencing well really look like in your own opinion? Well, I would say for a fully devoted follower of Christ, or as I would say, uh, a full court follower of Christ, someone who's all in, and you really want to be a dynamic servant leader uh, and emulate the ultimate servant leader, Jesus Christ, I would say value what God values. That's so important. If I'm going to lead well and influence well, I want to value what God values. I want to love what God loves. I want to place the needs of others before my own. And something I try to live by is I want to treat the next person I meet as the most important person on the planet. Mm -hmm. I love that so much. And and I'll honestly, I feel like you do that well, like in conversation I have with you pass in the hall. I feel like I'm the only one there and I know like your schedule and the meetings that you have and I appreciate that and leading well what I would ask that it doesn't necessarily mean like having like a lot of followers 
but it's developing other leaders and it's helping others to, to bloom and to blossom, to excel. Like for, for example, I shared this in our, our leadership meeting um, staff meeting the other day, like my greatest joy as a leader is seeing those that I lead begin to step up and to lead. Um, part of leading well and leadership is instilling confidence in others and calling them to greatness. And I see this in you. And I just want to personally say thank you because I remember one Monday night, um, I got a, a text from you asking for me to, to record the teaching for the next service, like the very next day. And you didn't give like a specific topic or a specific scripture. Uh, I just feel like, you know, you trusted me with the last minute assignment. And honestly, that just gave me a huge boost of confidence. So part of leadership is instilling confidence um, into others. And for that, I say thank you. I say thank you. Well, it's a it's a joy to investing other people. And, you know, if you'll just seek to model what you want to multiply, Mm -hmm. because you're going to multiply what you model. Now, that's true in marriage. That's true in parenting. And that is true in leadership is that if you want to multiply servitude, then model servitude. If you want to multiply generosity, then model generosity. If you want to multiply integrity and character and consistency, then you must model that as a leader. Model what you multiply. And here at CFPC, at our church where we work at, we have the opportunity to serve. We call those tremolisms, where they're short, pithy statements that kind of just stick with you. And so um, switching gears just a little bit, uh, I'm curious to know, um, how do you respond to and how do you deal well with criticism? Because leaders, we the book falls, falls with us and we have to make decisions and everybody don't always like them. So how do you how do you deal with criticism? Well, first of all, you have to recognize that as a leader, uh, if you're going to call the shots, you have to be willing to take the shots. You're leading out and you have to be willing uh, to take the shots. What has helped me in my journey, uh, mentors I've had in my life and still have who speak into my life. I remember one of my mentors in Baton Rouge who used this statement, people are not the enemy. And I think that's a bold statement for us as leaders, is if you're not careful, you'll begin to think that people are the enemy. No, people are the mission field. People are mm-hmm. the blessing to serve right. with. But people can be difficult. Uh, we live on a broken planet in a fallen world. And so the fact that by nature, we have a proclivity to be selfish and self-absorbed and myopic Well, sometimes dealing with people can be very difficult. So here's how I like to add to that phrase. People are not the enemy, but the enemy uses people. Mm. So just embrace that in your leadership vision vocabulary. Another thing I would say related to criticism, hurting people hurt people. Mm. Sometimes the venom you receive or the toxicity from a text or an email or phone call or an interaction is really not about you. It's that person is hurting. And so what I try to do, and it, it, it stretches me. I had to make sure I'm walking in the power of the Holy spirit, fully yielded the spirit's control Mm -hmm. is I want to get to know the person behind the behavior. Now the Bible tells us how to deal with this. If a, if a person uh, is living in sin or has drifted or sowing discord or disharmony, you go to Matthew 18, And Jesus tells us, you go to that person one-on-one in private. Mm -hmm. Remember, you go in love. You're speaking the truth in love. The goal is restoration. 
reconciliation. If there's no repentance, then 201, bring a godly person with you. And then, of course, if there's no repentance, uh, you bring it to the church. You take it to the next level. And then Jesus said, treat them as a tax collector. (laughs) Uh, He released them. And then if you say something that wounds someone else. So let's say that the criticism is because of you. The criticism because of something you said that you wish you would not have said. You deeply offended someone. When Proverbs chapter 6, verses 2 and 3, here's what the Bible says. If you are snared in the words of your mouth, caught in the words of your mouth, then do this, my son, and save yourself. For you have come into the hand of your neighbor. Here's the response. Go, hasten and plead urgently with your neighbor. In other words, don't let time waste. Go immediately to your neighbor and you go in brokenness and humility and you're prayed up and you're saying, Lord, please bring restoration and healing. I said something I couldn't retrieve and I want to go ask for their forgiveness. Now, that's a mark of maturity. It's also a mark of a leader. Now, often people will criticize through email. Now, that's difficult. And here's why. A person can hide behind their screen and type up an email that may be a little venomous or toxic, and they send it to you. Sometimes they'll sign it. Sometimes they won't. And when I get those, and that's not often, but we have 12,000 members. So there are occasions I'll receive an email. Most are very affirmative and encouraging and splashing living water and are so sweet. Every once in a while, I'll get an email where maybe there's a misunderstanding or I was too strong in the pulpit about this or not strong enough about this, whatever it may be. If the email is tense and toxic and and in a personal attack mode, I normally don't respond by email to Mm -hmm. that email. I'll call that person. That's wise. I like that. Uh, Because it's just hard to communicate your heart and your passion and your emotion and your facial expressions through an email. I feel the same way about text messaging. Uh, If I get a text that maybe seems a little too intense, I'm going to call that person because I value relationship and I value restoration and harmony and peace. So I'm not going to respond by text. I'm going to call that person. Uh, or video call them, whatever we need to do, because the goal, of course, is to be Christ-like in our leadership. I'm very big on seeking immediate conflict resolution. So I'm not going to wait several days or weeks or months. Now, do wait long enough to where you can have a meaningful conversation without your lip quivering and your heart racing. If you're not ready to have a calm, meaningful conversation, you're not ready for conflict resolution. You need to go back in the presence of God and wait until your heart is ready. And then you go seek that conflict resolution. I love to take people to lunch. Mm -hmm. And that's a great place to have conflict resolution. So if you receive criticism, uh, seek to restore. And I want to learn everything I can from that criticism. Remember, even in the harshest of criticisms, there's a kernel of truth that God yep. wants to use in your life. So I want to look for that. What what are they saying that is actually true? What are some areas where I can grow and where I can become more like Christ? And so you just uh, sift through the criticism to learn from it and then recognize that sometimes God will allow difficult people in your life as sandpaper <laughs> to sand off the rough edges in your life so that anything in you that is not Christ 
he will use in your life through difficult people, maybe through criticism, as sandpaper to conform you to the image of Christ. And then one last thing I'd say about criticism, be sure to assign the proper value to that criticism. Mm. So if it's really about a five, then put, put a five on it. If it's a nine, then put a nine on it. But if it's a two, don't put a nine on it. If it's a three, don't put an eight on it. It will wreck your life and it will totally evaporate your joy. So assign the proper number to that criticism and don't over assume responsibility. That's my number one challenge in my life. (laughs) (laughs) As I told you, he really could write the book on leadership. And part of leadership is, as as Pastor Trammell said, is valuing relationships and going the the extra mile. That's one thing I tend to do. If I get an email, I'm like, Ooh, no. If that person, I'm going to find their number and let's, let's, let's talk it out. And so I look at criticism as an opportunity to address like a blind spot. I'm self-aware enough to know that I don't know it all. There's so much more that I need to learn and as an opportunity to improve, but also to the critiquer, if there's any critiquers out there, I would just encourage you to critique um, constructively and Everything that goes through your mind, you don't necessarily have to say. So just speak the truth in love. And lastly, uh, Dr. Trammell, leadership looks different in each season. And my goal as a minister of the gospel and as a podcaster is to reach everybody. But specifically through this podcast, I have those in their 20s and their 30s. And in my mind, uh, just kind of compliment what I do at Champion Forest Baptist Church. Um, But for those that's listening, you're not that age group. Hey, you are welcome here. And so I said all that to say this. What encouragement would you give to the young adult that desires to be a great leader and influencer? I would say to that young adult, who do you admire? Who do you look at and say, wow, now that's leadership, which is influence with integrity. Who is that person in your life? Do everything you can to spend time with that person. So if it's possible to take that person to breakfast or lunch, take them to breakfast or lunch, you treat them, bring up something to write on, or you can text your notes and go ready with questions. So if you want to grow as a leader, find somebody who's further down the road than you, someone who inspires you, someone you admire. And look, the reality is you can have multiple people that you're asking to spend time with. And it can just be over breakfast or lunch or even a phone call. And so it may be you admire somebody in the area of finances. Well, ask them questions about finances. Maybe it's about their role as a husband. Wow, they're such a dynamic husband. Well, maybe you want them to mentor you just about the role of husband or father or as a leader in the business world or as a pastor. Um, It's okay to get really specific, but I spent so much time and still do with leaders. Like I'm looking for people that I just want to spend some time with. I was with a group of leaders this morning at a conference and we stepped outside during the break and I just really dialed in on this leader to ask questions. Like, I want to learn everything I can from this leader. I was at a round table. So during our discussion time, I was asking each person at the table different questions. I want to learn everything I can from everybody I can. And I'm going to be hyper-focused on being a good listener and a lifetime learner. 
man, that's, I love that. Just a lifetime learner. Cause as long as we're in a position and we will posture ourselves to learn, we will continue to learn. And so we're going to transition to the lightning round where you're going to answer these next three questions in 30 seconds or less. Are you ready, Pastor Trammell? Uh, let's go for it. Let's go. Number one, what leader has had the most influence on you and why? I would say Dr. Adrian Rogers, uh, pastor of Bellevue Baptist Church in Memphis, Tennessee, who is now in heaven. I got to spend three days with him and it was the most incredible three days. He's one of the greatest leaders. And here's my favorite quote from Dr. Adrian Rogers. In temptation, Satan seeks to get you to meet a legitimate need in an illegitimate way. I'll never forget that leadership nugget. In fact, after I spent three days with him, I typed 100 leadership nuggets I learned from Dr. Adrian Rogers. Man, that's good. I'm at the ask for that and read that. Number two, what do you do for self-care? Well, I embrace a rhythm of rest. I go to bed every night around the same time, same routine, same rhythm. And I get up super early every morning without an alarm clock. So I have a rhythm of rest, a rhythm for my daily quiet time and my uh, journey with the Lord in prayer and reading and uh, practicing solitude and then embrace uh, exercise several times a week. I work out with weights and then I swim laps in a pool. And there's one of my goals is when I get in the pool, my goal is to swim 72 laps. Love it. And lastly, we ask this at every episode. How can my dear listener go from surviving to thriving? Start your day with God. Have a standing meeting with God and make that the number one priority of your life. Start your day with God and see your love relationship with him as the hub and everything else you do in your life as the spokes. You stay focused on that love relationship. Start your day with God and everything in your life will flow out of that. You'll become everything God wants you to become in Christ. Wow. Dr. Trammell, thank you so much for joining the show and adding a lot of value to my audience. I appreciate you. Well, it's been such a pleasure, Paul. Thank God for you. Can't wait to hear you preach again, man. You bring it. <laughs> thank you for that. And thank you for listening today, man. If you enjoyed the show, would you consider sharing it with your friends and your family members? Um, and all transparency, I'm three states away from reaching my goal of having listeners in all 50 states. So if you know somebody that lives in Delaware, New Hampshire over a month, please send it to him. But until then, go be and do all that God has called you to be and do. God bless.